welcome to Pocketsville Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. It's a Mother's Day special, and I'm joined here today by a very special guest. Who are you, sir? My name's Umar. And Umar, you are one of our marvelous, extraordinary, incredible patrons. This is a patron-sponsored episode. You decided that for Mother's Day, you were going to do something really special. Why don't you tell our uh, super friends all about it? I don't know. Like, my mom's done so much for me, and I just, I figured I wanted to have one thing that I could just put out there forever. You know, if she's ever having a bad day or just, you know, feeling down, pull out her phone, just give this a listen. Well, thank you for what you're doing for the show. And I also want to thank our Patreon producers, Robert Nieder and Austin Riley, whose generous support makes the show possible every week. Thank you for this. So I think we're going to jump right into it. We're here. It's a sunny day. We were kind of bathed in sun. Now we're kind of getting bathed in shadow. It's, I've, been, I've been fussing over the lighting the last few minutes, hoping I've got it uh, right here. And behind us, off in the distance, the grand city of San Francisco, out there on the other side of your lawn here. But it's Mother's Day. And uh, I wanted to ask you, I guess, right off the bat, Mother's Day, what does that mean to you? I don't know. Like, we never really did Mother's Day in our house because my mother's birthday is May the 6th. So we always kind of did it as a joint thing. But then my dad was suddenly like, you know what? We need to make Mother's Day a thing. Yeah. So okay. we started we started doing some really awful Mother's Day things. Like, one day, my dad just woke us up like, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And we're like, shit, today's Mother's Day? We didn't plan at all. <laughs> so my what sister, did you come up with? My sister, like, threw, decided, all right, we're making crepes. Yeah. And we just make these awful crepes, you know? Like, we have no idea what we're doing. My dad's like, no, the batter needs to be thinner. What are you doing? Sweet or savory? Uh, savory. Savory. I do love a good savory crepe. Uh, and a sweet crepe, for that matter. But too thick a batter, so it didn't work out so well. Is your sister older or younger? Uh, younger. She's younger. going to the University of Chicago. Real right. smart cookie. Yeah? Yeah. What's she studying? She doesn't know yet. Oh, okay. But I assume because it's Mother's Day, the main topic of discussion today, your mother, that's the person, because here in Pockets Full of Soup, we always ask, tell us about somebody you're thankful for. Uh, I'm really thankful for my mother. Really thankful for your mother. Well, let's encapsulate that right away. Um, sometimes we kind of go round about to that, but I want to start straight off with, with you on this summer. Why? Why are you thankful for your mother? Well, I, I grew up, you know, being diagnosed with a Spurger's syndrome and like life has always been very difficult for me. You know, like I've always looked at people and not really been able to understand like what emotions are they feeling? Like they're angry at what I'm doing. Why are they angry at what I'm doing? And like, it just felt like everyone was always ganging up against me and like, I didn't really have anyone in my corner except for my mother. You know, she's just always there for me, always supporting me to a point where, like, you know, I feel like she's just sacrificed so much to be here. And she's just done so much for me. And I feel like the reason I am where I am today, you know, is entirely due to her grace, her generosity, her helpfulness, her kindness. Wow. You're, so your mother's was she close to you before your diagnosis, and then and then afterward? When when did the, if you don't mind telling that story, how did you uh, how did you discover that you had a, have Aspergers, and how did she react to that discovery? Um. Well, we found I, we always knew I was an odd kid. You know, I was you know doing weird things and all that, but it wasn't until I was around fifth or sixth grade when we took a test. Mm -hmm. You know, and some psychologist came into my house and, you know, in this very room, actually, mm -hmm. sitting right across from where we are now, I took a test and basically they told me, you know, 
your son has Asperger's. Okay. You know, he's very highly intelligent, but, you know, he's going to have some issues with socially getting along with people and, you know, issues with, like, handwriting and that kind of thing. So you, you made that discussion. Were you in the room for that discussion? I mean, not really. Like, it wasn't really something that was discussed with me. Like, okay. I don't think I actually was told of my diagnosis until much later. Okay. And I don't think I was cognizant of it until I was in about the ninth grade. But at a period of your life where you said you felt, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you felt people might be angry with you and you didn't understand why, or you felt a closeness from your mother. Uh, yes. Can you express why? What, what did she do that made you feel that way? I mean, I was always like, no one was my friend. You know, it was always difficult to hang out with me. You know, so like she would make an effort, like she would make friends with other kids' mothers. You know, she would go to my school all the time, make sure I, she was always up to date with the teachers, make good friends with the teachers. So as a result, if I was slipping in my grades or if I was doing badly, you know, they'd always let her know so she could always be on top of it. And, you know, she would like set up play dates as they were with my friends, you know, mm -hmm. so I could hang out with people and not just be this isolated, lonely kid. What does your mother love about you? I mean, my mom's always told me, like, you will never understand how I love you, how much I love you, you know, because, like, I think until you have kids of your own, you can never really understand that kind of parent's love for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like, you know, you talk about that in that episode you did, and what was it? Hop, Blip, and Jump. I, I know it's Hop, Blip, and Jump. I don't know what you called the episode. What was it again? Good, oh, that one? I think that was called uh, the one about parents. Yeah, the one about parents. That's called Red Dead Reflection. Actually. Yes. <laughs> Plug for Red Dead Reflection. Oh, thank you. But no, like it talks about, you know, how important parents are in your life and how much they care about you and how you can't really tell that. And mm -hmm. that's what I felt from my mom. You know, like I know she loves me. I know she cares about me. But I don't think I'll ever be able to understand the depth of positive emotion she feels for me wow. until I have my own children. Well, let's turn that around for a second. How would you express your emotions toward your mother? What about her draws your heart and your spirit toward her? What do you I like mean, about her? This is her? someone who's always cared for me, been there for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, when my mother and I fight, both of us are kinds of people who cannot stand conflict. So, you know, no matter ah. how awful the fight you know like even if we've like destroyed half the room we actually haven't destroyed half the room i'm verbalizing <laughs> after five minutes just be like you know what both of us are being a bit unreasonable you know we need to just calm down be rational and know that we both care about each other so the two of you are very good at communicating just very frankly very straightforwardly about what's mm -hmm. going on between you your mother uh if you don't mind me asking i'd really love to know uh, her story uh and how uh, you know, one of the weird things about being a kid is that a long time ago, two people got together and somehow you came along. Like that, every one of us has, every human yeah, being yeah. in some way or another kind of has that story. How did your mother and father meet? So my, my mother decides one day that she wants to go to college in America. So she is from? India. India. Okay, She's Indian. from a place called Punjab. Okay. So your mother's from Punjab in India, and she decides she wants to go to college in America. Was this unprecedented for her family? Was this a regular occurrence? Well, no. Very much in that generation, everyone was going to college in America. Okay. You know, my dad also went to college in America. He mm -hmm. went to the University of 
Denver, and my grandfather went to Northwestern, I believe it was. Okay. And your mother decided to attend college in America. What was mm-hmm. she going to study? Um, believe it or not, and I'm going to sound like a terrible son here, but I have no idea. You don't know what her major was. You're not a terrible son. You're here doing a Mother's Day special for your mother. You're not a terrible no, son. No, no, but I know I? that she definitely, her one of her, ma- no, she got an MBA. Okay. She, she, she got an MBA. Okay, so she came for a business degree eventually. Yes. So she chose to attend college where? Uh, the University of San Francisco, USF. USF. Uh, and uh, why did you choose USF? Do you know? Um, I do not, actually. Okay, I think right. it was because it gave her a decent scholarship. You know, yep. California is a lovely city. Uh, yeah, California is an incredible place. San Francisco is an extraordinary, extraordinary metropolis. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I have no idea where my, why my mom went to college where she did either. I know where she went, but I have no idea why. I should ask mm. her that. Probably got to get it. It's Mother's Day. I should call my mom and ask her, don't you think? Everyone, put down this podcast. Stop listening to us immediately. Call your mother. Good plan. Wish her a happy Mother's Day. Yeah, if you have the opportunity to call your mother and you have a, have a relationship where that's a, a good idea, then yeah, probably a good idea. You're right. Put that down. Then come back later. We, we want you to finish the episode. Right, but of course. Yeah, good idea to talk to mom if it's a good day for talking to mom. Yeah. Uh, Mother's Day is an odd day. It's it's so it's so good and it's so hard. Um, my father's mother is dead, and I'm sorry died, for your loss. Died in a bad way, and it's you know Mother's mm. Day for my dad every year is really really rough. Mother's Day for me every year is really really joyful. It's right. a, it's the holidays are can be so strangely. Double-edged swords for the human spirit. And as we move through our lives, those experiences change and come back and forth. But for you today, and for so many people listening and watching, this is a joyful day. And for others, it's not. We're going to focus on your individual story of thankfulness here. So your mom comes here to college. And your dad, is he living in the Bay at this point? Yes, yes, he is. He's working for a company. I'm not quite sure which. Yeah. See, my dad has this good friend named Jugman, and Jugman is my mother's second cousin. Okay. And he's like, hey, hey, buddy, I need you to pick up my second cousin from the airport. (laughs) Okay. And my dad's like, oh, boy, because he knows where this is going. Because my mom's second cousin, Jugman, he's asked her to, sorry, He's asked him to pick up a bunch of people, and all these people have been, like, really difficult people. Like, they eat everything. Like, they're just totally, like, not very good guests. Okay. So your dad, your second cousin, Jugman, is often sticking him with picking people at the airport that he doesn't want to pick up. So your dad's like, crap, I got to go to the airport, pick up another one of my cousin's friends. Yeah, pretty much. So he shows up at the airport, and it's your mom. Yeah, and he's just kind of taken away, you know, like, breathless. Not by how beautiful my mother was, but just because of how many bags she had. How many bags she had? <laughs> like, uh, my dad was amazed that someone could even possibly own that many clothes. How many bags did she bring? I don't know. It, it, every single time my dad tells the story, the amount of bags grows. Okay, so at this point, it's an exponent. this point, the, the bags fill a room. Uh, yeah. But yeah like, I'm many... pretty sure by the time you'll tell the story, you know, she'll brought an entire, I don't know... Volkswagen villages worth, villages yeah, but, worth of bags, but it was a lot of bags. You know, I've lived internationally, and uh, your mother was moving from India. When I moved to Japan, my wife and I had a bag fight um, about mm-hmm. the volume of bags we were bringing. Because at some point, I was like, "We have to stop 
And she's like, but this is all we're going to have for years. To which I was like, yes, but I have to carry it. And a lot of back and forth happened with that. She won uh, the argument. I did accidentally flatten a tiny Japanese lady uh, in Narita Airport with a bag. Uh, it was a very sad occurrence that I still feel shame for. It was not intentional at all. But I think the bag, which weighed a full 75 pounds, was bigger than she was. And, and mm, uh, mm. I still think she probably tells her grandchildren of the day the giant American flattened her with a bag. Uh, mm. as he turned around on the escalator. But that's another story for another day. So they met, and uh, your father, also Indian? Yes, yes, and, he is. Uh, so they both immigrated here. And you came along how long after those two met? Um, well, I was born when my mother was 30. Okay. So, And they met when your mother was how old? Around, roughly. That's okay. They met when your mother was younger. So you came along when your mother was 30. You were raised here in the Bay Area. This has been home, Berkeley, your whole life, right? Yeah. What uh, What does your mother love to do? My mother has always been a very spiritual person. She does yoga. You know, she started doing yoga ever since she was really young because she had this uncle. You know, she would come in and he was always doing a headstand. Oh. Yeah. Just wherever she came? Always a headstand? Not always, but like she would remember him doing headstands. Okay. Like just balancing his entire body on his head and like the way he was doing it, just like it wasn't, you know, like it was just almost kind of surreal. Like I I can't even imagine doing that. When you talk about yoga in the spiritual dimension, can you expound on that? Because I think for some Americans, yoga is mostly understood as a fitness exercise, but you were talking about the spiritual element of it for your mother. I mean, yoga is very much about the chakras and the alignments, and I have no idea. I didn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. My mother kept trying to get me into yoga. She took me into a yoga class once when I was a kid, and everyone was doing an asana, which is basically what we call the movements, where they were kind of sitting and closing their eyes. And what they did, I kind of stood up, tiptoed, and walked out the back of the room. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just kind of, it wasn't your thing. But it matters to her. Yeah. And so you know about it. What else does she love? Um... She very much likes that show Outlander. Outlander. Okay. Well, that you know that 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 makes sense. That dude's pretty hot. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of hot dudes on that that program. Definitely. I don't know. I, I've never watched it. Yeah. There's some there's some pretty pretty men on Outlander. I'll mm. Tell you what, mm. traveling through time, and they're all they're all being very very very. Hello, I'm smoldering in the 18th no, century. No, 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 they're Scottish. Like, hello there, I'm very Scottish and I'm very sexy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on on Outlander. I, I come home, we'll see a lot of Outlander going on when I arrive at home too. Uh, people like the Outlander. And from what I understand, it's really good. I, I probably, ought to, probably ought to watch more of it myself. I love that there are tiny happy dogs wandering around there right now. Dogs make me so happy. These guys, uh, they've been friends of yours for a long time? Um, little one we actually got for my grandparents. Really? This was my idea, you know, because their previous dog passed away and they really wanted a dog of this breed. Okay. Can't get a dog of this breed in America. Oh. In really? India. Sorry, in India. Oh, in India. Okay. So the dog ended up here, though. The dog ever never got to go over? Oh, no. We're, we're still taking him over. Oh, okay. He's just hanging out right now. Yeah. Okay. So he's like uh, he's like Tom Hanks when he had to live in that airport in that movie for yeah. a while. All right. He's just hanging out here right now, but eventually gets to come in. Although I'd like to believe that he has slightly better treatment than Tom Hanks in the airport. I, you know what? He looks pretty pampered. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. That's a pretty happy looking dog. You uh, and I had a, a meal together briefly before the show, yeah. and you were speaking Hindi. 
I was. And you mentioned to me your mother taught you Hindi, that you don't, uh, that you've grown up in the United States, but your mother taught you that. Can you explain more about that and, and why she did that? My mother always wanted to be in, me to be very much in touch with my roots. She always stressed to me how important family was, that no matter what, as family, you have to be there for each other. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm gone from this world, you and your sister will be all each other have, and you need to be there for each other. And so that was important. The language was part of that touchstone? Yeah. Does your sister speak Hindi as well? Yeah, she speaks yeah. it better than I do. Wow. Do you go to India to, to every visit summer? Every summer. What's What's it like going from the United States to India, having been raised here, but going there every summer and it being a familiar part of your your cadence of life? My mother's gonna hate me for this, but a little bit hellish. Really? Okay. Why do you say so? Well, when well, first things first. If you could lift him up. All right, I will happily lift this tiny dog up. All right, here we go, guy. I'm right, put my mic down. Mic back up. Got the dog. Got the mic. We're good. All right, my friend. Well, it's it, first, like the minute you step out of the airport, like it's 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 100 degrees. Okay. And you're like, oh, geez, I was not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And then like as soon as you're going back, like you're driving somewhere, like the car is just assaulted by beggars. Okay. Like, people are just, like, holding stuff up, like, buy this, buy this. The moment that you arrive, and this is where? Um, well, not the moment you arrive, just anytime you go somewhere in a car. Okay. This is common. Is this, you said the name of this, Punjab? Was that, um, that it? Well, we go to Delhi first. To Delhi first, where, okay. Which is where, the capital of India, which is my paternal grandparents live. Mm-hmm. And so you go to Delhi, is that where you usually stay while you're there? Um, we stay in Delhi in a place called Chandigarh. Okay. So it's it's hot and it's difficult for you seeing the crowds pressing against the car. It's not even that. the crowds, just so much as the abject poverty. Yeah. And like just how terrible things are. Like I've always been very critical of India. I feel like the British left and they instituted a system of oppression against the lower classes. And the only difference now is the higher class people are, you know, the Indians, and the Indians have just replaced the British. We haven't actually seen a proper systematic change. Does your mother feel the same way? I think she does. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm very ignorant of Indian politics. I know very little about the history after the, uh, say, the 1960s or so. So this. I is... mean, considering you at least know up to the 1960s, because like most people, I tell you know, I, my grandparents lost everything in partition. They're like, what? Mm. Oh my. And they have no idea what... They don't know what happened, really. Ooh. You know, like, my mother would hear horror stories of partition, like, mm-hmm. as a kid, because her grandparents would tell her, like, you know, we used to have all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but then we lost it, and, like, all these people were killed, and all this horrible stuff happened, you know? And a lot of the world's ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, is there any part about going to India you do enjoy? I love my grandparents. Yeah. You know. These are your mother's parents? Both of them. Both sets are there? Okay. I mean, you know, they're just very nice people. And, you know, they've always let me know that I was loved and cared for. That counts for a lot. That counts for a whole lot in life. You know, like my grandfather, paternal grandfather, always tells me how proud of me he is. You know, like, my grandson is going to be a great lawyer. Yeah? You know. That's lovely. Because he went to law school before he went, came here to go to business school. Mm-hmm. He came here to go to business school because he realized he really didn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but he's proud of you. That's when you 
how do you, that's, so you're talking about family expressing appreciation, expressing hope. How do you show appreciation to people in your family, like you're doing today with your mother? What are the ways you choose to do that? Well, for one day, just spontaneously, I saw something on uh, this shopping program called Wish, and it was a pocket watch that said Best Grandfather. Hmm. And I immediately ordered two of them. And I gave them to my mother and said, can you please just, as soon as you get to India, give one to each grandfather. You know, and my grandfather is still so overjoyed that I did that for him, you know. Like he's, he's, he wears it in his jeans because you know that jeans pocket? Oh, yeah, the watch pocket, yeah. Yeah, like most people think that's for like change or condoms. Like, no, it's for your pocket watch. Yeah, it's your pocket watch pocket. I carried, because I was a colossal, I am a colossal dork, um, but I carried a pocket watch in high school for a while. Uh, I did too. All right. Well done. Pocket watch buds. Pocket watches are dope. Oh, absolutely. I love them. I I should get, actually I have a pocket watch still somewhere. I should get it back out and carry it in my pocket. What do you think y'all? Should I go with the pocket watch? You still carry yours? Go. Oh yeah. My mom got me one from England. Like she just surprised me with like, oh, hey, Umar, I know you like pocket watches. So I got you this one. You think if I got Miller a pocket watch, he'd like, he'd rock that thing. Yeah, I think he would. I think with the way that Greg Miller dresses mm-hmm. and his um, like thing with like the vest, yeah, I think if you, you like you had the pocket watch across the vest, Ooh, that's a good thought. All right, I'm, yeah, we have to watch. We have to do that. We have to go a little pocket watch here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's Mother's Day. How do you? How would you say I love you, Mom, in Hindi? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I mean. It's it's not exactly like very special like Mummy Malko Pyarkandom. I mean that's kind of Punjabi, but like Okay. Like that's just mother, I love you. Oh, I love that. Well here for Mother's Day, uh, you've chosen to, to lay this episode aside for us. She'll be watching it. That means a lot to me. It's extremely kind of you and extremely generous, both toward her and toward me, and I want to thank you for what you've done for the show. But is there anything else you want to say to her before we take that hard left turn to the uh, single serving section? Mom, I love you, and I really appreciate everything you've done for me. You've always been there. You've made hard sacrifices to be there when, by every rights, you didn't need to be there. And I will forever and always appreciate you. And no matter how angry I get, no matter what I say, I want you to remember this podcast, and I want you to remember this moment, and know that I will always love, care, and cherish for you. I'll cherish you. Hey, Mom, what he said. Nicely, nicely done. My mom, what, what he said. Yeah. All right, my friend, let's make that hard left turn. Are you ready? I don't know. I think I need to take a couple minutes, stroke my beard. All right. I got and then there. take a moment of silence for yours. All right. Uh, what is best sandwich? Best sandwich. I don't believe in that. <gasps> what? Is this a religious conviction? No, I don't believe in best anything. Oh, expound. Well, for me, it's all about whatever you want at that moment. Like for some moments, like I really could go for a Reuben. Okay. And then at that moment, the Reuben is the best sandwich for me. Ah, so it's it's con- contextual for you. Yeah. So best is about the moment. 
Exactly. So it's the same with other things. Best movie, best shoes, best. It's all. Uh... Yeah, it's all about what I'm feeling. Like oh. for some moments, I'm feeling something like really contemplative. Like I want to go see Birdman. Mm-hmm. Or some moments, I feel like I want something high octane. So you know, I turn on Rush. Oh, I like that. Well, I mean, I I am of the opinion that short of a funeral and maybe even at a funeral, there's always time for Rush. But uh, that's just me. That's mm-hmm. my opinion, not yours. I like that. Big fan of Rush. Did you uh, did you see Ready Player One? No, I haven't. Uh, you're not missing much, but the, the Rush poster is probably my favorite part of the movie. Although, to be fair, when I said Rush, I mean the Ron Howard movie. Oh, well, never mind. I was going with the band. So I, I, got, I went way off on Rush there, and we'll probably edit that part out. All right, moving forward. <laughs> no, I think we should keep it in. <laughs> should we? Maybe we'll keep it in with the edit note. We'll find out one way or the other. What's your favorite word? My favorite word. Yeah. Don't have one. Okay. What's the first thing you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Awful. Awful. Really? That's where it, that's where it goes? So you don't believe in bests, so I'm not going to ask you what the best song written in the last 100 years is. I'm just simply going to ask you, what's the last song you listened to that you liked? Lover, You Should Have Come Over. By? Jeff Buckley. All right. Why? What struck you about it? What do you like about it? I don't know. It's just, it's so haunting. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, for me, there's so many things in my life I've done. I've pushed people away, you know. I have people in my life that were there but aren't there anymore. It's just like at some point you look at your life and you're like, what have I done? Hmm. And just the pure, raw sorrow of that, you know, like. You know, and Jeff Buckley is just pleading, lover, you should have come over. Hmm. I love that. If you uh, could travel through time and meet any one person, who would it be? John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Ooh, JFK. Uh, Again, expound if you don't mind. Well, ever since I was a little kid, you know, JFK was like that one guy I always wanted to be like. He was charismatic. He was hopeful. And then, you know, I saw his civil rights speech, which like it ought to be possible for a black girl to go to school and not have to be flanked by Alabama National Guardsmen. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a white guy in the 1960s. He had, he had no reason to say that, but he felt that ending segregation was a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. You know, that as a Christian, that it was his duty to ensure equality for all. So that really struck you. How's your Kennedy impression? It's, it's, I don't know. It, it's all right. It's all right. I can't do Kennedy. I've tried. Uh, I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's like park the car in Harvard Yard. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if, um, if, if any you, surviving, if any members of the Kennedy family here, they're just, they're just going to be like, oh dear God. Do you own a boat? Your own boat? No. If you had a boat, what would you name it? I would name it the Ranger Why after the, Ranger? the boat of John Paul Jones. Oh, interesting. So John Paul Jones as well. You're not going to give up the ship? No. No, not a one? It's Why John ship. Paul Jones? So you like history, it sounds like. Love history. Yeah? What is it about history that draws you? Well, I think that a lot of history teachers don't do history justice because there's just so much interesting stuff in history. Like, I'm overweight, so I like to think about the story of how William Howard Taft got stuck in his bathtub. Mm-hmm. Or how Andrew Jackson 
almost beat his assassin to death. Yeah. And you know, there's an internet meme that I really love, which is Andrew Jackson's bodyguards there to protect you from Andrew Jackson. Uh, that was kind of the mo of that guy. He was a he was a rough and tumble dude. He was uh, a lunatic, dangerous, frightening fellow uh, in a lot of ways. But yes, history is fascinating. See, uh, last good book you read about history. I just finished Doris Kern Goodwin's Team of Rivals. Mm-hmm. Lovely book. Lovely book. Uh, do you have a go-to ice cream? No. No, no go-to on that. One way or the other. What about uh, what about late night snacking? Where do you fall in late night snacking? Whatever's there. Whatever's there. Doesn't matter, huh? Just, just I mean, like on. when you're when you're late night snacking, you're not going there because you have some. You want to make some gourmet meal. You're there because you're you're you're, you're hungry, and you want some food. Mm-hmm. So you want to get some food in your belly and then go to sleep. And always the last question. You know what? You know this one. It has to be asked. Cake or pie? Both. Both. Oh man. Even minded. Even keel. Even keel fella. Is it contextual just like the other? I mean, not just only is it contextual, but like if you look at there's a BuzzFeed video which is like pies, but like. People have made cake pies and pie cakes. Yeah. I do like a good cake pie and a pie cake. Both. I've had both. Tell you what. I'm on ketosis right now. I like it. I like losing the weight. But man, man alive, do I miss cake and pie. Mm. Especially pie. Because pie is best. But that's just me. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for uh, thank having you for making me. this happen. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day. And y'all, thank you. Again, I know Mother's Day can be wonderful and it can be rough. Um However it is for you today, I, uh, um, my heart's with you, and I thank you for being here, and wish you the best. <laughs>